AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. We will start with an outlook for the 2024 hog industry. Then it will be time to talk shipping disruptions, a good week and year for biofuels, some rain in Brazil, and a pledge to kneecap climate smart farming programs. We've got a lot of ground to cover on this week's Free For All. Live from the pre-Christmas confab via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday Reaper Hall with panelists Jim Wiesmeyer from Pro Farmer and Sean Haney from Real Ag Radio. Following the news, Jennifer Scheck from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now... Welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. Here we are. It's Christmas time. Almost. Almost. Yeah. I guess what? it's Christmas time. It's not Christmas yeah. yet. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Had a uh, faithful listener remind uh-huh. us yes. that we needed to remind everyone else out there that uh, Santa actually requires a full gallon of whole milk at mm-hmm. each stop. That's right. That's right. And now yeah. it's government mandated now. I think that was in that bill. That, uh, <laughs> don't not don't whole do milk that. In the schools don't and, uh, do that. Everybody's got to fight it if we if you mandate it. Who could fight just, Santa Claus? Let's just suggest a whole gallon of milk, whole milk mm-hmm. for Santa out there. How you doing, buddy? Everything good? I'm doing really good. Yeah, good. I think I'm OK. It feels right. like a Friday. I can give you that. You know, it sounds to me like you might be trying to push Christmas back a little bit. Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, In fact, I'm sure see. that I'm I'm not ready. I <laughs> I actually love the Christmas season, and we're at the point now where I'm like, well, it's almost over. Maybe if we just push it back a week, push we can have some more Christmas fun. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, I I yeah. There you that's go. My only, that's my only that's my only lament for this holiday All right. season. All right. Welcome to Agri Talk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Hey, buddy. We are. Um, we're going to talk with Jennifer. She had a great, or she's got a great outlook for 2024 at com. We're going to get some of the highlights from that. Um, and uh, then it's going to be time for the free-for-all. Boy, as, as Jim was talking to, to Big Apple Joe before the show got started here, I, I heard him say, there's always news. There is always news happening. Yeah. And th- that could not be more true than the world that we're living in right now. So we're, we will, uh, we, we will try to uh, corral all the news items that we need to, and put some perspective on what is happening out there, including a little perspective on the conversation that we had with uh, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis yesterday on the show. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to it. What you got in the news? Well, Chip, we'll uh, start with the National Weather Service weather outlook. Heavy rainfall and flash flooding will continue to impact areas of Southern California today, with the threat gradually expanding to the southwest through tonight. Next round of unsettled weather to reach the Pacific Northwest today, then quickly move through the Intermountain West going into Saturday. Snow forecast to overspread the Central Rockies Saturday night before expanding into the Northern Plains by the morning of Christmas Eve. 
Unusually mild temperatures will persist across the plains and Midwest through the early part of the Christmas holiday weekend. Jim. Okay, so the the flooding is going to continue to impact Southern California. But did you see what happened up in the Northeast, Maine, and and other areas in, in New England? Holy smokes, they just got hammered with, with some very heavy rain and some flooding up there. So both coasts are dealing with... with you know, untypical uh, weather here around Christmas. Well, Chip, just 27 bills in total have been signed into law this year, uh, and five of them came on December 19. This, according to government, uh, to the website GovTrack, that's a dramatic drop from 21 and 22. In those two years, there were 365 new laws enacted, um, yeah. a little behind schedule. Well, and, you know, we've talked about it so many times on the show, that – 27 new bills is what you probably end up with when the the margin is so tight in the house and and with with the you know the 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 wide 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 uh uh opinions within the gop in the majority makes it even tougher to get anything done well, Chip, tanker traffic in the Red Sea has plummeted after Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen increased attacks on vessels in the region. Freight rates have soared as more ships take extensive detours to avoid the Suez Canal and Red Sea, where those Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen have targeted oil tankers and container vessels. And this is kind of related here. The Israeli army took control of Sheziaya, an important sector of Gaza City and one of the strongholds of Hamas, this according to a military spokesperson. After one of the largest battles of the of the uh, last weeks of the war, Hamas has rejected an Israeli offer on Wednesday to implement a week-long ceasefire. Mm-hmm. New York's population decline has persisted for a third consecutive year, with over 101,000 residents leaving the state over a one-year period ending on July 1. California also experienced a population loss of more than 75,000 residents during the same year. While Texas and Florida, interesting, continue to see substantial population yeah. increases. <laughs> I think you call that voting with your property taxes, isn't I, it? I, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the year for uh, the rate for the thirty-year fixed mortgage dropped to six point six seven percent, down from six point nine five percent in the previous week. This marks the eighth consecutive week of rate decreases and represents the lowest level since June. And finally, Chip, Americans are increasingly falling behind on their auto loans with the percentage of subprime auto borrowers oh, no. at least 60 days past due on their loans reaching 6.11% in September. That's the highest in data going back to 1994, according to Fitch ratings, Chip. That, that's not good. Not good. Not good. That will create some issues for us down the road. I don't think there's any question. Okay. Thank you, Davis. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Merry Christmas, Jennifer. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. All right. So great item on porkbusiness.com about the outlook for 2024. Give us some of the highlights. Well, there's so much on there. Like it's been, it's been hard to wade through, but there's a lot of like really great bits of information. We've got a lot of great people in our industry that are, are so wise. And so I really encourage people to take a look. But one of the things that really stood out to me was, 
Joe Kearns with Partners for Production Ag said, everybody wants to ask, when is this going to be over? Yeah. But he thinks we have a bigger question to ask right now. What do I need to do to survive? So there's a lot of discussion about playing the long game, making wise decisions when it comes to marketing to the best of everyone's ability, um, because there are so many unknowns. You know, how is Prop 12 going to affect um, yeah. the outlook next year? I mean, we really can't predict that or know until we see how California consumers respond to the price changes. And so, um, you know, that plays into the domestic demand, which, you know, ties into export demand. So there's a lot of great information on porkbusiness.com from from some of the best economists. So I yeah, encourage people yeah. to check it out. It's really good, Jennifer. It It is. And, and uh, it's an important question. What do we have to do to survive in the hog industry right now? Really good, yeah. really good. And you've got another item on... Uh, Pork business, uh, talking about the Christmas season and celebrating a year in livestock. Well, you know, I thought we all could use a little, a little joy and a little fun. And so I, yeah. I saw some, some fun Christmas trees. They're all decorated with ribbons and banners and, and photos of kids' livestock. Um, encourage people to check it out. It's really fun and lots of cool ideas for how you can decorate your tree for cheap if you're a livestock person. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. You bet. Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Okay, coming up next, we've got Jim Wiesmeyer. We've got Sean Haney, Davis Michelson, and me, Chip Flory, on this week's Free For All. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us on this Friday morning, Friday before Christmas. We've got a three-day holiday weekend coming up for the grain markets, livestock markets, equity trade, treasuries. All of the markets will be off on Monday. Um, of course, we will be here and uh, 
and have some interesting conversations coming your way on Monday morning as well. All right, let's get this free-for-all started. We've got Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Chip. Uh, Congress is out, and uh, so uh, it's it's still not quiet in D.C. No, uh, no, Jim, it is still not quiet. There's all kinds of stories that are coming out, and some of them you just kind of look at them and shake your head. Yep. It's unbelievable some of the things that are happening in in our Capitol building and, and uh, sneaking the the president's son back into the white house and all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. So, and what do you make of that news story that, that Davis had just 27 bills have been signed into law this year. And five of them on December the 19th, it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, this has been the do nothing, uh, do nothing Congress. And it's, it's both chambers. They ought to be ashamed of their cells and what 18% approval rating for Congress, uh, I want to know who those eighteen percent are. Yeah, no kidding. I'm thinking the yeah. same thing. Yeah, Th- thinking exactly the same thing. Um, but, but probably broke a record for TV appearances <laughs> and scandals. Absolutely, yep. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Agri Radio. How you doing, buddy? Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and everybody out there in the Agri Talk audience. Hey, Chip, I got to ask you: are, Have yeah. you been picked up in the college football portal? Or are, are uh, I have in the portal? not been. I have not Everybody been. else is in the portal. And, and, you know, I'm a bit surprised by that because I still have eligibility left. Um, what what, what uh, position would you put yourself in at? Are you, are you a tight end uh, well, kind of guy or what are you? I'm probably going to have to be somewhere, someplace that doesn't have to cover a lot of ground. <laughs> you know, so leave me, leave me right up there on the line. Something like okay. that. The other thing that I'm a bit surprised by is the Dodgers haven't made an offer. <laughs> yeah. You know, the well, Dodgers have spent a billion dollars this offseason on two players. A billion yeah. dollars. We call them the Japanese Dodgers now. Is well, how many flights happen every week with tourists from Japan to California to come see the Dodgers play? Yeah. A lot. I, uh, they're <laughs> investing in their future. Yes. They, Plus they're building that gondola that's going to go from yeah. A parking lot to the stadium because traffic's so yeah. bad around the stadium, right? So they like right. they there is uh, apparently no shortage of money around the LA Dodgers. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, one of the listeners just sent me a text and suggested that the position for me on that team would be water boy. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate that. Very, very little. I don't know if you get a scholarship for water boy. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh, they do in the Northeast. They yeah, do in but, the Northeast. But but I'll use. I'll just you know I'll leverage the name image likeness thing. And <laughs> your preferred walk on. <laughs> right. I'm a preferred walk on. Right. Right. We'll leverage it that way. <laughs> okay. Let's get to this, you guys. Um, and I want to start with the conversation that that we had with uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday. Um, I've had a lot of feedback to the conversation, and I'll bottom line the feedback for you very, very simply. And if if there's one general theme to it, it is where the heck is this guy been? Yeah. It, Jim, you know, you look at some of the answers. Number one, he answered, there was no, you know, um, 
He just went straight to the answers. He answered them concisely. He answered them thoughtfully. Um, the follow-up questions that I had, he was very quick and and thorough in in his answers. Uh, a lot of people have said, "Where the heck has this guy been?" That's the first thing I thought when when I read the transcript, uh, Chip. Uh, it, it just. Uh, he just picked the wrong topics. And look at on the trade policy issue on the Trump across the board 10% tariff. He's not even really campaigning on that in Iowa. And he yeah. should be. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if, if if he would go out on that, maybe he could get a few more percentage points higher. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and it's almost, then when he... Oh, go ahead. No, you go, Sean. Well, I, I was just going to say, it's it's almost like... Like, really, he probably should have chained people on his campaign team earlier. Once the fall began, this is a, a massive fall for somebody that uh, you, you look at the lead that he actually had on Trump at, at very, very early on. You know, he, he has not campaigned very well at all. He's also been a little all over the place in mm -hmm. terms of some of the things that he has said. And he is you know, right from the very beginning. He did not bite back on on things that Trump was saying about him. And he even... Even now, he still doesn't. Right. He just has not been a strong candidate. It's yeah. really, it's a huge fall from grace. You know, I, I was thinking for a while, well, maybe he's holding back and holding until it's really going to have an impact in the closing days ahead of the caucuses. I'm sorry, we're in the closing days ahead of the caucuses. If, if he was going to break out that kind of a strategy, uh, I would have thought that it would have been levied by now, and it has not been. So... Uh, I, I thought it was a really interesting, uh, revealing conversation. When he talked about reigning in EPA, I thought he was very strong on that. When he talked about reigning in USDA, I went back and asked him about, are you talking about the climate smart farming uh, projects and, and programs? And he Davis, he didn't hesitate. He said, we're going to kneecap those things uh, day one, right? Yeah, he was he was absolutely on it. And, you know, I was thinking, man, this guy's super sharp and super quick to respond and, and confident in his answers. Well, that makes sense. The guy's out on the campaign trail. But you hear all this, where's this guy Ben thing? I don't know, man. I, I guess I don't have an explanation. He's been fighting battles about things that have not people have not cared about as much as maybe he thought, like books yep. and, and, and things like that. He's, he's, it's totally not focused on the right things yeah. throughout this whole campaign. He's been distracted. Yeah. Fighting Walt Disney and like, well, I don't know. Oh, there you go. There you go. One of our regular listeners sent in, if you have time, ask him this question. We didn't get to it, but the question that he wanted me to ask, uh, that Greg wanted me to ask was, do you feel you went too far, that you crossed the line in your battle against Disney? But he would have tripled down on it and answered yeah. the question. Yeah. yeah. And said, no, I did no. not go too far. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. What will be what it, what it's and I've seen different polls on this. Okay, so if when he pulls out, where do, does his support go? Does you know is that Trump moves to Trump? Trump. That I, It'll go to Trump. That's yeah. what. Yeah, like I, I think uh, I think it was Real Clear Politics that had a poll about that. It's not just going. It's not going to Haley. Um, from what I have seen. So no, that's why he should have differentiated so, more during the campaign. Yeah. So tell me, did, uh, 
did Colorado just open itself up to the largest write-in vote count in the history of elections in this country? Well, they may not still have a chance if the Supreme Court does what they should do. It should be right. really a nine to zero vote uh, against yeah. Colorado. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and but, what people haven't figured out yet is every time stuff like this happens, it's 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 like. It just, ra- it just grows. It's, yeah, exactly. It just it's, it's yeah. like kindling and it. Yeah. And, and, and they still have yet to figure this out. They right. have not been paying attention. And it continues to build the support, and there will be polls that come out, and you will see that his lead gets even larger. Like it's yeah. it's pretty predictable because we have a past history on this. Yeah. Teflon Don, I'm telling you, it, uh, it 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 Jim, it's coming down. Well, I don't know. Is it going to be Trump versus Biden? Well, the, all the polls tend to suggest that, but look at New Hampshire. There's a couple late polls that that Haley is now uh, four percentage points yeah. shy of but Trump. I'm not if you believe Trump. it, if you believe the polls, so right. but I'll, I'll look at New Hampshire far more than uh, Iowa. Uh, but I'm not questioning uh, Trump. Will it be Biden? I just don't think it will be. It shouldn't be, and I don't think it will be. The Democrats want a chance; they'll uh, dump him. Wow. I, so who can you replace him with on yeah. such short notice? Newsom? Oh, well, Gavin Newsom, uh, the the you know, Michigan uh, you know, governor. Yeah. Uh, there's all sorts of things. And and then then there's a race with Trump then. Uh, Trump should be nervous if it's not Biden. I was just going to say that, like, if, yeah. if you if you if you are the Trump campaign, you are hoping that he stays in this lineup because yeah. this is this is the narrative that he has been walking on. Like I, I've said repeatedly, like it's it's the same song yeah. sheet uh, over yep. and over and over again. And a new face would create some real disruption to to that yeah. line, which will make people question, hey, uh, maybe it is time that we right. have a fresh face. He's not going right. to want this. Exactly. Exactly. We've I got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to your... do it next here on AgriTalk. we got the free pro going. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, let's start with the livestock because, man, oh, man, we got some big reports coming out after the close today. Yeah, absolutely, Chip. Uh, you know, it's uh, a little bit of a firmer tone as we head into the reports, as you mentioned. Uh, cattle on feed, hogs and pigs report, cold storage. So we get the whole gamut uh, basically here and, and uh, you know, just ahead of, of Christmas. And, and so uh, that'll come after the markets close this afternoon. And, and uh, you know, we won't get to trade it in, until next Tuesday because the markets are closed, obviously, next yeah. Monday for uh, Christmas. But uh, so we'll have to see uh, if it's major market moving news or not. Uh, they'll trade it on Tuesday. And if it's not, uh, they'll kind of just ignore it and, and move yeah. forward. But uh, definitely a lot of data coming this afternoon. A little bit of strength in the cash cattle market to wrap things up, right? Yeah, so uh, we should break the uh, string of, of six weeks of consecutive losses, and and uh, uh, you know, based on how everything is setting right now, um, you know, I guess that could change with some late trade if it uh, the bottom falls out. But uh, for okay. now, it looks like the cash market put in a low. Cool. Take us to grain trade. Yeah, uh, pretty quiet there too. Uh, you know, not too surprising ahead of the long holiday weekend, but uh, um, just really quiet, uh, narrow trading ranges, especially in the corn market. Uh, you know, the, the March contract is, 
is working on like a less than a three cent trading range uh, here uh, ahead of the holiday weekend and, and just a little bit of a firmer tone we're seeing some corrective buying in soybeans to the tune of about a nickel gains there uh, meal futures are working higher as well but uh, the soy oil market's a little bit weaker so you, you kind of get that uh, that sense of just the uh, the lack of price direction this morning and then uh, winter wheat markets a little bit firmer spring wheat a little bit weaker Merry Christmas, Brian. Thank you, buddy. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. I think I'll take a moment celebrate You know, we could probably do a free-for-all on this song. Yeah, I think... But let's not. I think we could. The question is, should we? Right. Ought we? You know? Right. Prudence yep. and Chip, Chip, I want to add one thing to the. Yeah, uh, go ahead. What, what was the point you wanted to make? <laughs> Look at the questions that you all ask, because other reporters should ask similar on-target questions, but they do not. The only question I would have added after reviewing what you ask mm-hmm. is. Uh, uh, if they had one regret of their campaign so far, what would no. it be? Yeah. DeSantis was asked that the other day, and he said, I wish Trump would not have faced all these court battles because it sucked the oxygen out of other issues and spotlight on other Republican mm-hmm. candidates. Yep. 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 That's uh, that's a good answer, too. Uh, just to remind everyone, or if this, if you're listening for the first time, uh, the plan is to get as many of the candidates on as we can and ask them the same five questions. That way you've got a valid base of comparison to those questions. Uh, Now, I am asking some follow-ups as we go to get a little deeper into the questions if those follow-ups are warranted. But we've got the same five questions that we're going to ask the candidates as they – 
as as we get them signed up and scheduled to be on the show. So looking forward to that as time goes on here. Um, okay, Jim, it was a good week for biofuels, and when you get right down to it, it was a good year. Oh, very good year. I mean, it shows that uh, this uh, both biodiesel and, uh, uh, you know, sustainable aviation fuel has more than a few legs, Chip. And then you saw earlier this week, I think it was on Tuesday, California's Air Resources Board, CARB, they intend to end its existing LCFS uh, exemption for interstate jet fuels. And that's yeah. going to increase production of SAF. Yeah. 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 Uh- that that's not quite a doubling down of their commitments to SAF and renewable diesel, but it's doggone close. And when you yes. you look at the decision that we got, and it was at the end of last, uh, yeah, at the end of last week, we got the decision from the Treasury Department that they will be using a modified GREET model in establishing the the um, uh, eligible. The, yeah, the eligibility of corn-based ethanol for sustainable aviation fuel. Now, we still need some details, but it looks good at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah we need to see follow-through because we've seen before that the biofuels industry has been surprised by either a rethink or uh, a yep. follow-up by the EPA. So, we'll have right. to see. And, and right. can they get those details all done before the election? And is is that needed? Um, I you know on this one. Well, they should they should because some I, of these uh, the payments are retroactive. Uh, yeah, to the I think the answer is yes. Twenty twenty three. It should be it should be yes. And it's yeah. not like they haven't had time, but that's you can say that on most government agencies. <laughs> well, and, and when you and when you think about it though, like all, all of this makes so much more sense when you when you look at SAF and you look at renewable diesel. And yes, there is support from a you know subsidy standpoint to get all of this industry off the ground. But we can actually get there much faster as a solution when it comes to fighting the carbon intensity of fuel than this moonshot of, you know, and, and Governor DeSantis talked about it, the EV mandates. And you know, we had this week Canada saying that, you know, all light duty vehicles, passenger vehicles will be electric by 2035 once again totally ignoring the, the lack of infrastructure and the things that would need to happen in order to make all that be a reality. The, these these EV moonshots are not being honest with the public. But when you look at SAF and you look at renewable diesel, we can actually make this happen now. And and I think that's yeah. there needs to be more of a focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, did Canada do something on EVs earlier this week? Yeah. They that, that they, they There's a staged uh, tiered approach. Basically, at the end of the day, uh, by 2035, all new vehicles, uh, passenger vehicles, so cars, minivans, light-duty trucks, will have to be EV by 2035. It's I, and I what I have said is I refuse to even get outraged about it because it's never going to happen. Right? It's it's, it's ridiculous policy. You you look at some of the comments coming out of the industry, not the not not the capital or politics, but the comments coming out of industry here in the states. This is this is as quick a back away from a technology as I've seen ever in the auto industry, right? Well, well, here's part of the the battle is that 
uh, OEMs are having to, you know, they're trying to tell Wall Street that, yeah, oh, we're heavily committed. Look at some of our sales when it comes to EVs. So then they push them down the throats of the dealers. Dealers are hung with the inventory, forced yeah. to forced to invest in, you know, infrastructure. I think there was a thousand Buick dealers this yeah. week in the U.S. alone that Half. basically said, we're, we're out. We yeah. are out. No way. Half, half of the Buick dealers, when Buick went to them and said, you're going to go to EVs, they said, no, well, you're going to buy me out then. Because they can't sell them. Like, yeah. or, or not to the not to the targets that people are, 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 are desiring from an OEM exactly. perspective. You know, locally here, uh, I was talking to a Chevrolet dealer, and he's telling me, you know, we, we were forced to buy a bunch of these. And, and Chevy doesn't have some good, like, they got that Volt. It's a, it's a, it looks like a yeah. go-kart. Um, but, you know, they now use them as, like, commuter service vehicles to haul people around, you know, the people that drop off their vehicle to haul customers yeah. back to their house. Like, they can't sell them. It's it's right. it's that, really, really a market that's going to Chip, I knew EVs were in trouble when they couldn't convince me when I had to make a decision. Well, you're right. You're right. And before, you know where I've been on EVs all along. This ain't going to happen. It, yeah. There's going to be too much resistance. Um, and when when you decided not to purchase the the EV, I was like, well, that that that's pretty good evidence right there. Um, yeah. I've I've been told by our Chevy dealer that uh, the Volt is a stall. All it is is Chevy putting something out there. Uh, that is an EV so that they're going to do as little as they possibly can in the EV world so that when it ends, they don't have that much invested in it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, when I, when I drive down Interstate 15 through Montana and Idaho and Utah, you, you have to strategically think about filling up your tank <laughs> through some of those areas with gasoline. With gasoline. Never mind. <laughs> Where the heck am I going to charge this vehicle? Like, see, I, but I, here's I, the thing. Telling. Here's the thing. What you can do is you can also extend the the that ride by packing a five gallon can of gas. <laughs> you know, you can do that. If if you're going to do that with an EV, you're going to have to take the generator. You're going to have to take the fuel. You're going to have to take everything. The story of 2024 in the car industry, Chip, will be hybrids. There's your bridge right that there. That doesn't make much sense to me either. I, but I'm, some of my my family are starting, and they're very conservative. They're going that way. So I'm telling you, watch it. Why would you have two power sources in one vehicle? Because of the mileage. Well, flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, so if I'm commuting, if I, I've got a half hour commute to work, okay, I, I, I run on electricity. But if I'm going on those longer hauls, then, you know, have I'm, you guys I'm using driven more of the. Yes. Yep. Does it work that way? I can't get the well, Toyotas to work that way. Hmm. Because, I mean, you, you put it on electric and you can back out of your spot. But as soon as you touch the gas to go forward, it turns off the electric and goes to gas. Yeah. Well, let me tell you the deciding thing for me on the EVs was many, but the, the the biggest one was when my neighbor told me he had to wait three months. He had a wreck in his EV, and it took three months to get the parts. Wow. <laughs> I had somebody tell me, I think it was yesterday, that uh, their their relative had a self had a Tesla, and uh, they were in the self drive mode, but it was snowing. And all of a sudden they hit like a snow bank on the, like, you know, like where there's snow blowing snow and it gathers yeah. on the highway. Yeah. It turns like straight sideways because it thought it was the end of the road. 
So <laughs> there's things, things to watch out for at high speeds. Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt. Okay, guys, um, talk to me about these shipping problems. Panama Canal, Mississippi River, Red Sea, the rail bridges, two rail bridges closed into Mexico. We talked with Ken Erickson this week, Mike uh, Steenhook this week, and I'm pretty well convinced these headwinds are as strong to shipping grain around the world as I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, they more than add up to to uh, a crisis, Chip. And yeah. uh, the the regret in the Mexico Brit- U.S. bridges is they shut down the bridges, but they don't shut down the border. That yeah. tells you all you have to know. Yeah, Sean, that's got to have the Canadian exporters' attention too, doesn't it? Yeah, especially on the export of canola. Um, we I, we've heard different stories. Uh, some people saying it really hasn't impacted canola shipments yet out of Canada into Mexico, and I've had others saying that you know it, it's very very much a, a lo- very large concern. Even if those bridges open up tomorrow, we've got a backlog now of shipments um, and and stuff to move in into into late January. So I think you know paying very very close attention to it. You know, I th- this is where the lack of the ability for the, the U.S. government to deal with Im- this this immigration issue on the southern border. It's is this, this is where like there's an impact now that's showing itself in the economy. At some point, oh, yeah. there's going to have to be some sort of political will to come up with some solutions that that yeah. both sides of the the the, the aisle can uh, t- can agree to. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, it is a. A situation that is at the base of so many different problems and issues that are trying to be fixed. When we could go back and fix, to a large degree, just by upholding the laws that are on the books right now. But for some reason, we can't do that. All right. Rapid Fire coming up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Free for All. We've got Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst, Sean Haney from Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, Davis Michelson, and me, Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us on uh, on this Friday as we make our way into the Christmas holiday weekend. A couple of cool conversations that we had this week. Okay, guys. First one that I want to bring up is with uh, Dr. Frank Mintlerner from the University of California at Davis. Uh, he presented at COP28 on methane production, methane capture, and how methane really has an impact on uh, the greenhouse gas emissions and, and so on. Before he left, he was on with us back on December 5. And, and when he was with us, remember, we were getting all the 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 talk was that the major recommendation around methane and reducing the emissions was just eat less beef. Uh, Americans in particular need to eat less beef. So we talked with Frank about that before he went over there. And when he comes back, you guys, we, uh, you know, the first thing I asked him was, so how big of a deal was this? How hard were they pushing that we, you know, the, to to reduce consumption of beef? And he basically said, "Not at all. The story was nowhere." Huh? How did that happen, Haney? It makes you wonder why was it? How did it in the preamble before the event? Why yeah. was it so much in the narrative? Because it was everywhere, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? Honestly, I'm glad they didn't discuss it. I, I think it gives a little bit, I'm not saying COP is like a totally legitimate thing, but it, it gives a little bit more legitimacy and balance to the discussion, the fact they didn't go in yep. in that di- direction. So honestly, yep. th- that, that that's a good thing. I, and it's, it is a shame but here, but that a lot of the mainstream did not report a, a, about it after the fact, though. Exactly. That's the thing. They didn't talk about methane reduction in bovine production whether it be dairy or beef, because all of the topics that the presenters focused on being the the reduction of methane production by individual animals through feed additives, genetic selection for uh, lower methane production. Uh, there, there's the, the, Frank said that there is the de- New Zealand is working on developing a vaccine that will not not end methane production, but reduce methane production in these animals. So there's all of these things that were be Oh, and then add on the capture uh, where biodigesters that, yeah, the biodigesters and turning the methane into energy. Uh, There was all of this great conversation around it and the media didn't report it because it didn't fit their narrative of eat less beef. Because a lot of the people that have been using the methane numbers against the industry, yep. they really don't care about methane reduction. What they really care is that people stop eating beef. Yep. And yep. This, this is us using innovation and us using science to say that, hey, we have some solutions. Right. And the answer is not to eliminate beef from people's diets. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Jim, there was a quiet conversation between Chinese President Xi and U.S. President Biden in San Francisco where Xi kind of just laid out his plans to President uh, Biden uh, regarding Taiwan, right? 
Yeah, not a question of if, it's when. And he said there's no set date, despite so-called China watchers in the U.S. saying it'll happen within uh, the next year or so. He just said, but I do want to tell you, Mr. President, uh, uh, we're dealing with Taiwan. Blunt terms. Right. So he he said that he wants to do it peacefully, but... But Jim, this is this should be no surprise. This has been a decades long position by China that Taiwan will be reclaimed, right? Yeah, well, yes, but they said the same thing on Hong Kong, remember, and that was not peaceful. No, that's right. That's why I think the groups in the US in the ag sector are spot on looking at alternative strategies uh, in the future relative to China because what they see coming ahead. Yeah, okay. Get ready. Yep, yep. Another interesting conversation that we had this week on the show, Danielle Sequera from Ag Rural out of uh, the state of Paraná in southern Brazil talking about the potential there. Ag Rural is still being very conservative because you could hear, Davis, check me on this, you could hear mm-hmm. it in Danielle's voice that it, they've taken 5 million metric ton off the Brazilian bean crop. She doesn't quite think that that's enough. And, and they've got a downside bias on that mm-hmm. Brazilian crop estimate going forward. You guys, this is, this is a story that, that uh, is going to have major legs for the markets in early 2024. Isn't it, Jim? Uh, yes. And the, what the February, March timeframe is when you really get serious on their crop yeah, you, estimates, right? You got Yeah, you got to push it back this year. You're exactly right. It, yeah. it used to be January, or it normally would be January, February. This year, because of the late de- uh, planning on the bean crop, you got to think February, March. Haney, what's the talk up uh, in the Canadian markets? Dry, dry, dry. You know, the the, the, the wheat belt in Canada, in the Western Canadian prairies, we, we it's very warm. Um, yeah. you know, we, uh, right where I am here in Lethbridge, Southern Alberta, there's, there is absolutely no snow whatsoever, even in some of the, the ditches. I drove from Great Falls, Montana to Lethbridge yesterday, the three hour drive and didn't see any snow anywhere that, uh, winter, some of that winter wheat in Northern Montana is, uh, it's, it's wanting some insulation if it ever gets cold yeah. enough. It's, it's been a real warm bias. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that weather outlook is something that we're watching very closely for South America and for the U.S. You guys, um, it, it's a blessing to have this team come together each Friday after or Friday morning and have a conversation about the news items that are out there. Jim, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you, Chip. Th- same to you. Yeah, th- thank you so much for all you do for us. Haney, same to you, buddy. Very Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Chip Davis, and everybody out there in the AgriTalk audience. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Davis, you got to stick around. we got more work to do yet here on AgriTalk, okay? I'll do it. I'm ready, baby. Number one, we've got all these reports coming out, the livestock reports that Brian Grady talked about at the bottom of the hour. Rich Nelson from Allendale, Inc. is going to give us at least a, uh, a quick reaction to what are in those reports. Looking forward to the conversation this afternoon with Rich Nelson from Allendale here on Agritalk.